everyone falls in love sometime. Sometimes it's wrong, and sometimes it's right. For every win, someone must fail. But there comes a point when we exhale. Shoop, shoop, shoop. Shoop-a-doop. Doop. Doop. Uh, 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 rest in peace to the great Whitney Houston. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. I'm your host, Jared Waters, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian. What did I say? Author. I just put out a book. Author. I could say that. F it. You know what I mean? Shout out to everybody listening. Shout out to all the emails. Uh, before we start out, this podcast is sponsored by Frontline Roofing and Restoration. Frontline Roofing and Restoration is a company in Ohio where they uh, restore roofs, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to contact them, their number is 513-375-7050. And if you want to email them, it's frontline.roof at gmail.com. Or you can go to their website, www.frontlineroofingohio.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, let's break over this week. It's another rainy day in New York City. Ah, I hate the ra- I don't hate the rain, folks, but the rain, you know, shout out to the plants. Plants need rain, but when you're doing comedy outside, a lot of people cancel shows in the rain, but me, I really don't give an F. I just bought a 72-inch 70, umbrella from Amazon, and I'll crank that bad boy up and open that platypus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me open that, uh, open that umbrella and freaking tell the jokes, but shows got canceled, but I got another one at 8 o'clock tonight. Um... Shout out to everyone emailing me, and I appreciate what you said. And I think we're going to go back to that format of just Tuesdays and Fridays because I know it's not enough time to listen to a two-hour podcast and then email questions for the Woody's Roundup. I I understand that. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to Tuesdays. We're going to go back to Friday, and um, that's how we're going to do that there. And then we'll go to the Roundup on Sundays, and that's how we're going to do it. And then every three weeks we'll do the one man, one I mean the One Tree Hill episodes, we'll do that. And everyone that's emailing me, trust me, I understand what you're saying. This Tuesday I'll address the things about um, an essential survivor. And I appreciate you guys for writing me all these emails about her. And it's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. And some of you guys are on part one, so I'm going to let you catch up on part two. And uh, just email me on um, Mondays, and then we'll we'll do it. Also, a lot of emails... Um, you know, some it's some people I feel different ways. Some people say it's uh you know, you want all of it at one time. Like my boy Kingpin, aka Joe Saff, was like, Yo, these episodes are long and I'm just like, you know, these are people's life stories. You can't chop it up. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna be the following the week of Thanksgiving, I'll be re releasing or just we'll just be putting people's episodes together so people can get the whole thing. You know, because a lot of people want Brandy's whole episode instead of going part one and finding part two. So we'll just put it all together so you can get the full thing. We'll put the full thing of Jenny's, the full things of Laura's, the full episodes, right? So that's what we're going to do. Also, uh, when are we doing? Yeah, like I said, we'll get the One Tree Hill thing going on. A lot of emails about the election. Honestly, freak, I don't know, man. I don't freaking know. I don't know. I said a year ago that it was going to be Joe and Trump, and that's what it is. I don't think... Joe Biden has done enough to win by a long shot. And I don't know what, I don't, you know, Donald Trump does enough to beat Donald Trump, right? President Trump. I personally believe that the thing about Trump supporters, I called it a long time, man. You don't know what they look like. You don't know what 
some people support the party, not the person, meaning that some people get in that, that voting booth and they bird box. They put that blindfold on, they vote for Donald Trump, and they're good, and they bounce out of there. It's only the the crazy ones. And honestly, this is my personal opinion. If Donald Trump's win, this is kind of how I think Donald Trump might win because Dave Chappelle, shout out to Dave Chappelle's host at SNL. Every time in an election, they get Dave Chappelle because they know he can control everything else. So I guess if the country goes up, right, and hopefully SNL doesn't do no stupid stuff again where they get somebody singing hallelujah because President Trump won the election. Get the F, the freak is going on, right? That's not me getting aggressive, but it's just like living in New York, man. New York is in a liberal bubble. Like they're not aware that the world is completely different than New York. New York, L.A., all these liberal cities. And and I was telling this to my friend Waterbug and Waterbug was, what are you a Trump supporter? I was, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm trying to say that just because someone has a difference of an opinion, right? As we get older, and you know, you have different. You don't have to support. No party defines what we are. And and it sounds crazy listening to Kanye West now because he makes so much sense. He's just like, why do we have to be this certain way? You know. Everybody wants the black vote, but no one's doing anything for black people. People are, there's no reparations, there's no anything else. Like, what is, Joe Biden, he literally said, black, you, you're not black enough. Uh, president, you know, it is what it is, man, to be honest with you. But I understand how people are feeling. I already voted. Uh, definitely didn't vote the way y'all, you know, vote for Kanye West. I voted the right way. And because of our podcast, we have a lot of Trump supporters that listen to the podcast with a lot of Joe Biden supporters. So, you know, F it. I'm right in the middle, you know. I'm an independent party. That's how I register. My vote is in Florida. We're in a swing state. So hopefully we can swing this election to whatever side that we get it to. But uh, I, would say, I, would, I would say this, right? The thing about President Trump is a lot of people, what people don't like is that how a lot of rich people, that's how they view the world, just how he does. And a lot of people don't like the way that he says publicly how he just doesn't give an F. A lot of people don't give an F about poor people. They don't give an F about middle class people. And they feel the same way. It's like wrestling. There was this video that they posted. It's on World Star. It's not made up, but it's the day before the election in 2016. And President Trump and Hillary Clinton are doing roast jokes. And they're like laughing and shaking hands and everything else. Like it's like wrestling to me. You know, I think all these politicians like wrestling. You have your agenda, you have everything else, but these guys are all buddies and drinking buddies and stuff like that. They control the American people. I do have a theory, right? This is a theory. If Donald Trump wins again, he's going to switch parties and become a Democrat. I really think he's going to do that because all of his boys are arrested right now, and the safest place in the hurricane is the eye of the storm, right? And he's the eye. Everyone else is the crazy ones. They're getting arrested. They're doing everything else. And I think... If he wins, the Democrats in the Senate will become blue, and he'll just switch. And he'll be like, I'm the best Democratic president and Republican president ever. I really think he'll do that. On the other side, if Joe Biden wins, I think Joe will get it for like maybe a year, and they're going to put him back in the rest home, and Kamala's going to be our president for the next three years. And I think she'll win again and make Well, she'll probably be the longest-reigning president because technically if she wins, she can do her first official term. That'll be seven years her in office in her another term so she might be the longest sitting president she could do nine years because it seems like after george bush the first every president has done eight years eight years eight years eight years eight years or joe biden can win and then donald trump can run again he'll be what 81 <laughs> that's freaking crazy but honestly i really don't know i think it's going to come down to a nail brighter tuesday we'll all be looking 
Wednesday, if you want to talk about it, we'll do my comedy show, Training Day Comedy Girl. We'll do that. That's what I think. Uh, a lot of emails about Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler is a stand-up comedian, and I agree with everyone that emailed me. I I think it's kind of crazy how you, as, as, a, as a woman, right, as a white woman, right, you're speaking on black lives, and you have no business doing that. Like, you can't tell me you're fighting white supremacy and you benefit from it, you know? Like, you literally told 50 Cent, let me remind you that you're black. How do you remind someone that he's black? Like, that's the thing about these... If you look at the election, it's just celebrities telling the general people how to vote, and no one likes celebrities. No, Nobody likes celebrities. We like to be entertained, but who? I'm not going to get my political advice from 50 Cent or Lil Wayne. That's what you guys email me. What do I think about Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne has always been Lil Wayne. I've never thought Lil Wayne told me what to do. The only thing I can think about Lil Wayne that he's told me what to do is he told me after you back it up and stop and what, what, drop it like it's hot. And that's when he when I hear those words, I stand behind someone and I do exactly what Lil Wayne says. Or when Lil Wayne said, I see you wearing her jeans that show her butt crack. My girl can't wear that white. That's where the stash at. You know, none of my girls had a stash of uh, drugs in their butt cracks. I don't, you know, me and Wayne don't relate to the same, the same thing. Only thing we did relate to is Mrs. Officer. Feel like I could date a cop. I tried to date a cop before, but that's yeah. I could little Wayne. Oh, there is a quote that I could say: "Never leave a for show girl for some more girls." I feel like that was a good quote by Little Wayne. Uh oh, luxury tax. That's a good quote by Wayne. He said they said I couldn't play football because I wait. They said I couldn't play basketball because I wasn't tall. They said I couldn't play football at all, but every day of my life I ball. I like that. Leather so soft, little Wayne, that used to be my jam when I was in college. Her leather so soft, her top so soft, I could probably have it off. You so soft, but I go so hard. Stomping this beat. Yeah, little Wayne got good rap. He's a good rapper, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to listen to him who to vote for. My dog be sipping lean, dog. I don't, I'm not gonna, <laughs> no, I'm not. But, you know, that's the thing about celebritism, you know. I uh, I think during Thanksgiving I'll probably get more time to watch these movies. Everyone has a lot of suggestions. But honestly, I've just been really grinding. This pandemic has been so good, man. This pandemic, minus the dead people inside there, it's uh, it's been really good to me. I read this other email, how do you recover? You know, my grandfather, you know, uh, Joseph, 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 J.P. Perry. You know, I got nothing but love for him. But I say that this. Uh, people grieve differently, right? And when I say I, 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 everything I wanted to say to him, I said on this earth. And I was not, I was not, I was not distraught about this. It's it's a sad situation. I think a lot of people closer you know, his kids are sad, and I, you know, I, I love my grandfather. I have nothing but love for him. But like, I'm secure knowing that he's going to heaven. So I'm, you know, I, I know he's going to heaven. That brings me joy. Uh, my aunt, I think I was, I was like very distraught about her passing away because she lied to me. You know, she was telling us that she was good, and the truth is, she was telling all her friends that she was dying, and she didn't want to tell her family because she didn't think we could handle it, but we could have handled it. And like, I, I had my podcast equipment and. My lady told me to go out there. I was like, no, she's doing better. And I wish I would have sat down with her for two hours and got her life story. You know, I've, I have so many stories about her. I recorded, you know, when we we're sitting there talking and stuff like that. But imagine me having two hours of just her talking about life, how she, like, I wish I would have got that, man. Like, I wish I would have did. So when I meet these people throughout life, 
everyone has a story, man. Everyone has a story. And I have a this platform is so dope that I can get people to just share their stories, man. So um these podcasts coming up, man, I think the the greatest gift we can give to the next generation is advice and experience. You know, my grandfather, my other grandfather, Abraham Waters, he was maybe eighty, right? Eighty he grew up as a he grew up he became a Christian later in life. But when I met him, he always talked about Christianity and everything else. But when he had Alzheimer's, he showed me who he was when he was 25. And I was 20 at the time. I was 18, maybe 18 or 19. All these questions I had about what I was going through, he would answer them. Because his mind reverted back to when he was 25. Right? And sometimes I was like, man, I, I was getting all these stories, all these funny stories and stuff like that. And we're talking about Sanford and Son, everything. And then he would, you know, his mind would switch back and go to back being an 80-year-old man. But sometimes... When you're in a religious household, you want people to like, yo, give me the advice before you became this. Give me the player advice. Give me the the advice that you, when you were, were drinking, how did you stop drinking? I need that type of advice. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what this podcast is about. It's about being alone with your own thoughts. If I ramble, forgive me. You know, I'm alone with my own thoughts. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Let's review the week of comedy. It's been a really good week of stand-up comedy for me personally. It's been a really good week. So Monday, Monday it was raining, right? So Monday in New York City, like I said, when it rains, a lot of people shut down comedy shows are outside. But right now, with New York City, people have been open to 50, 25% capacity. So everyone has, like, they've been building these awnings. Awnings are those things that, you know, cover yourself from the rain. So now people are doing awnings. So now you can be inside. So my boy Rashad Bashir, he did a comedy show in Harlem Nights. And my friend Stefan was on the show, so I went there to support and it's kind of good to see how you're viewed in the comedy scene. I view myself. I don't, excuse me, the thing about me is I don't, people's opinions matter to me, but it does. the, the reflection of me doesn't matter. Does that make sense? So, like, I'm on my own path, you know. In New York City, it's like when you're a stand-up comedian, it's like you're a horse running without blinders, so you get to see who's on the left and who's right on you, but the goal is to stay focused on what your goal is throughout this game, right? So, uh talking to Rashawn, there's not that many people there, but these comics are, like, bringing us. I'm there supporting Dave Lester, uh, older comic. Uh, he's, he's telling these stories, so it was really good. Just a good, you know, good to be around comedians and stuff. My show got canceled, so I figured, I, you know, even if I'm not on the show, I'm going to be around the show, you know. I'm inspired by other people watching Stefan do new material. was fun. Tuesday, uh, my guy Nick Griffin. Nick Griffin's a stand-up comedian. He's done David Letterman maybe, like, 10. He's the most... 10 times or 11 times he's done I think he's done David Letterman the most out of any stand-up comedian and he used to take me on the road and I met him when I was in Florida and it was when I is happened in 2016 I'm about to leave to go to New York and my guy BT BT is now the owner of side splitters at the time he goes uh Jerry you're leaving and it's like before I left and he goes all right we're going to plug you with New York comics so you can, you know, at least meet some people. So you're going to meet some people there. So Nick Griffin was like the first comic that was older that would like, hey, let's go get coffee. Hey, let's go get this. So it's dope now because since the pandemic, you know, some of these clubs that they usually do are done. And he was doing a show with me. We're on the same show. And we're talking. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Jared? Good to see you. You're out here killing it, man. <laughs> uh, so he goes up second. We do Take It Outside. Take It Outside is this park show. This Fort Green. And I'm telling my friend, this comedian, she goes, what's your way of getting on shows? I said, there's different ways to get on shows. You can get there really early so people know someone drops out, you're there. Because a lot of people show up late. You got to be that comic 
or you could just pop up and people are excited to see you, they'll put you on, right? So I get up there, my friend Paul, Paul shows up, and I'm going really there to support Jessica because Jessica Clayton, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Trina Alper, Jessica Clayton, Shadi Diaz, they're part of this podcast called Stares Betches, right? I think it means three B words, and I love them all three differently the same. But Jessica, she reminds me of myself because it's like I need a tag, tag it up, bang, 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 bang. It's all about comedy, 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 comedy. So she's doing these new tags and they're hitting and stuff, and we're like high fiving each other. And I go up to close out the show and I'm doing well, and then the speakers cut off, and I'm like, F it, I don't care. Speakers cut back on, so it was a really good show. Then Wednesday, that's our personal show. Now we had all these people show up to the park, but Matthew again. Matthews, is a, he's a boy. He's not a boy. He's a young man. Excuse me. I know the disrespect to him. He's a young man, and he's growing, and he's learning, right? And as you grow and learn, sometimes I got to tell him, punctuality is everything. You got to be on time. You got to treat this show like a big show. Like a lot of people want to take me away from Matthew and start producing shows with me, but I want him to be included. You know, I know what it's like being a young comedian and trying to figure your way out and I want him to be like oh you got your own show I want you to be out here finessing I want you to be like water you know where you don't have to have me there you can handle it on your own so show starts at seven o'clock again we usually start at seven thirty, but you know I'm trying to get him like you got to be here at six thirty. you got to set up because it's dark in the park and women don't feel comfortable walking alone in the park so they'll leave so we got a lot of people from these sites these Astoria sites and everyone's coming so it's good so we actually got a full crowd and <laughs> You know, I I was disappointed in him, but I wanted him to feel it a little bit to be all like, Jared, I, I, I'm sorry. I was like, no, just be better, man. Like, I want you to be better because I want people to depend on you. You know, I got to depend on you. I want people to know that even though I'm not here, Matthews can handle this show. You know, and he's, and he's doing good. He's doing good. And we do the first part. We banter together. And... We have a good chemistry because I generally like him. Like, I like him. I see myself in him. I see myself, but I see him. He's, like, a whole lot more wiser when I was 20. When I was 20, I was telling, like, a lot of just jokes about, you know, hooking up with girls and stuff like that. And he's telling jokes about thought and his life, and he's analyzing his life. Like, I started analyzing my life when I got, like, 24 or 25. So we're doing the show. Uh, my friend Courtney B., she, she couldn't do the show, and we love Courtney B. When I say she's a star... She's a freaking star, but she couldn't do the show. And a lot of comics uh, dropped out. Dropped out. Nothing personal, but they dropped out. And another comic, who's the other comic that dropped out? It was, um, oh, so I got Freddie. We're going to get Freddie back. So Freddie Sheffield is like my guy. He's black and Japanese, but he's an old school dude. Not old school, but he may be in his late 30s. And he's always been the comic to like just put some money in your pocket, even when you don't need it. He's like, I, I know that you know. Hey, what's up, Jay Waters? I know they ain't, uh, you know, ain't big of a crowd, but we got you paid out. You know what I mean? Or, you know, Friday night, if you didn't have a spot, you can go to the, the five spot and Freddie will throw you up for like seven minutes. Hey, all right, cool. You here? Good. I need you to do this. Or Freddie will have this wine and sip night and he's turned into a comedy night where people are painting and they get live comedy. All right, Jay, I brought you out here because I know you can do clean comedy and you, could, you, you got a hard time good. And I'm like, man. So he always looked out for me. So I wanted to like, yo, Freddie, if you ever want to hop on the show, like anytime you want to, man, I just want you up the show. I just want to, you know, show you that, you know, I got nothing. But he got sick, so Freddie couldn't come, so Freddie didn't go to the show, right? So then I think, but he sent people, so people came to the show. 
Uh, Jessica, as I said, that's my, it's like, she's not like my, she's like my baby sister. Like Jessica, she gets up and kill Christiana Jackson. She freaking kills. And this dude named Troy, Troy Bond. Troy looks like a diet version of The Rock or, or Danny Tanner. So he lives in the story. And I'm like, yo, man, we've always said hi and buy at uh, Broadway, but we became, you know, it's more of a mutual respect. You know, sometimes you're at the clubs and you're always thinking about other stuff. But since it's a pandemic, you know, we got the shows. Everyone's completely different. Not saying he wasn't different before, but it's good seeing him outside of the club. You know, he's a whole lot happier. You know, he's just happy and he's super funny. So Troy gets up. He kills Nick Chambers. Holy F, man. Like, this guy. This guy can do over, like, over 70 impressions, right? He did an impression about Ariel. <laughs> he does Ariel. And he's dressed up as Cisco for Halloween. And then Kareem Green. Kareem Mother and Green, ladies and gentlemen. He's been doing stand-up for over 23 years. And he just gives you these advice that, that tells you, he goes, I say it all the time. He goes, you know, he, he, this is how he talks. You know, uh, just because, you know, I've been doing comedy 23 years, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a form to comedy, you know. And everyone's doing like 10 minutes. But I was like, Kareem, we'll light you at 15. Do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And we, we, we got him cashed out. Thanks for all the donations and stuff. But it's so good during this pandemic that people in the mainstream, not even the mainstream, but people are starting to realize that Kareem Green is one of the funniest comedians on this planet. And now people are starting to realize, oh, we should get Kareem Green. Freaking get him. He y'all be, he should have been on your shows. You know, so it's good seeing Kareem Green out there and our guy Mike Tui. And then Shane Diamond. Before we get to Mike Tui, this dude Shane Diamond. Funny, funny dude, trans comic. He's not a trans He's just a comic, but he's trans. And he destroyed. He freaking did so well. And his family came out and they're so supportive. I'm like, dude, we freaking love Shane. And then Mike Tui. Uh, we made a point with Mike Tui. Mike Tui, we met him in Long Island. And me and Matthew know him because we used to do the green room with him. We all used to play governors back in the day. We still play governors, but we used to be just always hanging, hanging, hanging. But now everybody's in the city. And Mike, too, he goes, when am I going up? I was like, you're closing the show. How much time? I was like, do 20 minutes. He goes, what? I was like, we'll light you at 20. And he goes, really? I said, yeah. And I was like, this is how we treat people on our comedy shows. We don't bring them to our shows and make them host a show. I said, don't like make killers host. Because sometimes, you know, even though we're friends, He'll do things like, oh, Jared, I can't make the show, but can you host? That's because he trusts me to host the show, right, which is cool. I respect it, but I'm like, look, dog, I want to close it out and do some spots, man. I don't want to freaking bring up people the whole time. I can. It's a skill that I've learned. It's a trade. It's like boxing left. I know how to do it. Hosting's mad easy, but sometimes I'm like, yo, let me get my rocks off, baby. Come on. Let me let me gas it up, Turby. I'm cooking with some grease fire. So uh, that was Wednesday. Thursday, it rained so bad, and I was so mad because I thought all these clubs are closed. I go, shows are, you know, shows are closed. But I should have went to because John Mulaney ran a set, ran a set at a comedy club. I'm like, freak, I was thinking about going there, but they said it wasn't open. So that was Thursday, but I got a lot of, I got a lot of, got a lot of stuff done. And then, and then Friday, Friday was really good. So Friday we're supposed to go to Staten Island to do this show with, uh, Oh, before I get to that, Wednesday, Mike Briggs, if anybody needs a photographer in New York City, Mike Briggs is probably one of the, there's two or three comedy photographers that I think are the best. Matt, Mike Briggs, and I don't remember the last name, but uh, I'll, I'll link it. But he took all these dope pictures, and it was so dope getting that. So Friday, Mike Briggs hosts, he, he produces a show. And I'm supposed to do that show. It's all the way in Staten Island. I'm preparing myself to catch a ferry to go all the way out to Staten Island. But he canceled the show. He goes, it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy. I'm like, freak, man, come on, let's freaking do it. 
It's not even raining that bad. He goes, nah, comics dropped out. They don't want to be cold. And my friend Mallory Bryant, I talk about her all the time. Mallory Bryant just texts me, Jared, hey, are you free? I was like, yeah, I guess she saw that the show was canceled. He goes, would you come to my show? I was like, F yeah, I come. And Mallory's got a freaking, she's got a dope photographer and everything else. And that show was good. And I'm running late because I thought I was like going to Staten Island. So I get there. I do the sweet spot. And it's just dope, man. It's dope. Like I, we used to do these, when I came here four years ago, we were doing shows, open mics at one o'clock in the morning. And I got to be up at six to, to go to work and everything else. And now she's producing shows. And Mallory was the first comic. And I, was, I told her this. I wanted to exp- Tanner tell her this to her face because she texted me. It's like, Jared, what you did at the Bombies was a comedy show, like acknowledging black women. And I was like, no, I love all of you guys. You know, I you know I speak for the voiceless. I speak for the people that I know should be getting opportunities. And I was like, Mallory, you were the first person that started the Finding Tiny Cupboard. She goes, yeah. I was like, no, I remember. You were the first one. The Tiny Cupboard is this building now that's turned into, like, the dopest comedy hang out there. And the managers are, like, mad cool. And they respect me because they remember me in the beginning. I used to do all these shows there, and I still do. And, you know, we've talked about producing a show, but, you know, they're going to they gonna give me a show once once or twice. But, you know, I want I don't want one-off. I want a weekly so I could put up some funny black and brown and diverse comedians up there. But Mallory, I remember she used to be outside barking, like walking around sweating in the hot summer trying to get people up to this rooftop. She was the first comedian that did that. And they offered her all these shows. I don't know if she took it or not. She, she didn't take it, but she should have because now – the show books itself. You don't got to bark her anymore because the show's in the New York Times. The New York Times article was there, and she was the first one, and she has that one show. And I'm like, man, you had freaking all of them. So, yeah, what I said is just book Mallory Bryant. That's just a comic that I really, truly love. And I thank her because I was like, man, I really want to get up Friday, and then boom, Friday happens. So Saturday's Halloween. I don't dress up for Halloween because, shoot, I never did growing up. My mother... And father was super strict on us about going out for Halloween. It's the devil's. She didn't say it was the devil's. Like, we just don't celebrate Halloween. They used to have Hallelujah Night where we'd dress up as disciples. <laughs> dress up as disciples. I remember one time I was like tw- I was like 11 or 12, and I just ran outside because we had to stay inside during Halloween and turn off our lights so people wouldn't knock on our door and we'd just pretend that we weren't home, but our cars are there. Like we don't celebrate it, we don't dress up, blah da 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 da. But I will go to my neighbor's house and just steal candy. He goes, "What are you dressed up as?" I says, "I'm a wrestler." He goes, "Really? Yeah. Where's your title?" I was like, "Can I just get some Skittles, please?" I just, I really just want some candy. That's what I'm here for. So, but I was in college. I would go to Halloween parties because that's where the Thoughtabots were. That's where the the concubines were, and that's where I was trying to toot that thing up. Mommy, make it roll. That's what I was trying to do. I would put a mask on, but they would pull off my mask. Like, oh, you even beautiful without the mask. I said, you got dang right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so a lot of shows happening on Halloween. So first show is 6 o'clock. It's a Cab Calloway show. And it was funny because I love when there's, you know, black people at audiences because I can do just talk about religion because black people love, we have similar experiences, especially southern black people. And then that show, Cab Washington's show, was good. I can't stop calling him Cab Calloway. And then uh, I go, wait, 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 let me back that up. Sorry, let me back that up. There's a reason why I was telling the story. Friday night at Mallory's show, that's why I was talking about Mallory's show. This guy on the show, his name is John Lasser. John Lasser uh, was the first stand-up comedian ever in life to give me stage time in New York, to put me on a show. I was 19. I was in college. I started college when I was 17. 
And uh, I met this dude named Steve. Steve, to this day, one of my good friends. He lives in Brooklyn. Sometimes we go to Thanksgivings at his house. Rest in peace. His father passed away through Corona. I think we talked about that in the podcast. And Steve goes, we're sitting in college playing Madden, PlayStation 2. That's how back in the day it was. And Steve goes, I was doing like stand-up in college. Like I was getting up, like I would host shows and everything else, but not pure stand-up yet. So just like every time I get a chance, I'll do a show. And Steve goes, you want to come to New York? There's comedy shows all over New York every night. And I was like, I would love to move to New York. Steve goes, let's go right now. We can go for Thanksgiving. He goes, what? I said, yeah, we'll go for Thanksgiving. My parents are coming to pick me up. We'll pick you up. We'll go. So we catch a ground, ground, was it Groundhog? Not Groundhog. What is it? Greyhound. We catch a Greyhound bus from North Carolina all the way up to Brooklyn. And his dad picks us up because we're catching a Greyhound because Steve is picking up a car. He's, he's picking up a car in Little Washington. So we go up to New York. And his sister calls me before, and she goes, I got you a comedy show. What? My guy's name is John Lasser. He said he's going to put you on. He said, be funny. I was like, wow, that's dope. So the show is on Thanksgiving. So we get there, and this is an abandoned building. looks like an abandoned building. And John Lasser, he shows late. And he's like, he's sad about something that happened, about something at Comedy Central. But uh, there was a host, did the host the first, second half, and first half, and then John Lasser hosts the second. So John goes, there's a kid coming from North Carolina, uh, his college shows, he wants to do stage time here, light him at five minutes. So they give me seven minutes. And, you know, the sh- where I am now is completely different than where I was when I was 19. But, like, compared, like like my example, compared to Matthew, Matthew was 19. It was hilarious at 19. Me at 19, I wasn't getting that much stage time because I'm in college. There's not open mics and not everything else. It's just once every two months we're doing stand-up. So I was funny at the time. I had stories, and I would just make up things. And... I got to laugh. I learned the art of being still, everything else. And John Lasseter watches my set. And uh, and it was the first time where I felt completely naked because every comedian on this show were killers, were freaking kill. Everyone killed on the show. And I was the only one that was just like, okay, funny. You know, like everyone kind of realized, like, he's a kid. They're like, he's 19. He don't know yet. He's just starting out. That's what they knew. Me, I was pretty much an open micer. But these comics, they didn't embarrass me. They, John Laster gets up and goes, what was the kid's name with with the AIG? It was AIG was a Manchester United shirt, a soccer shirt I was wearing. He said, the boy that shell insurance? <laughs> and he says to me, he goes, hey, man, starting out at a young age like you, keep at it every night. Get up, be funny, and trust me, man, you're going to be somebody, man. And he said that to me, and that stuck in my heart. Like, it stuck in my heart. I remember, like, calling him the next day with my flip phone saying, left a voicemail, I was like, dude, but this is Jared Waters, I just want to say thank you for giving me stage time, I really appreciate it, man, if you have any advice, and he was just like, I'm not going to talk to open micer, so he did the show, and all these emotions are going through, and uh, he watches my set, and I see him laughing, and he's like, and at the end, I was like, hey, John, I'm Jared, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I see you every now and then, I said, I don't know if you remember this, but I didn't have a beard then, at 19, you're the first comic they ever put me on, man, he goes, oh, man, I don't even remember that, what year was it? I was there a long time ago. He goes, yeah, well, I'm glad I did it, man. He goes, you were hilarious, man. I love the callback. I love the joke you did right there. And I said, like, yeah, man, I just want to say thank you, man. He goes, all right, man, get the freak off. <laughs> but he goes, yeah. And it's just like these little moments, man. So when I say like young comedians, when I meet them, little moments of their first stage time, their first time they get on a show, I love having these moments. I'll never belittle a comedian that's coming up because I know what it means to them to do a show or to spend that time to talk. <clears throat> 
So shout out to all the young comics out there. Saturday, Cab Washington's show was great. <clears throat> Saturday, we do this show called Boys in the Wood. And these dudes are my Gabe, Tawanda. <laughs> That's a dude's name, Tawanda. He's from uh, Zimbabwe and Nick Chambers. They brought me on their show, and it was great because Sam J from SNL was there. And it sometimes it's dope when a comic pays attention to your set. And she's like, Jared gave his girl 3.55 uh, <laughs> uh, uh, diamond ring. I got to make sure I give my girl five-point carrots now to make sure I one-up on this dude. But it was dope. And I met so many people after the show. We'd link up. And then FN, uh, the last show was this dude, Zach Kadachi. 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 Zach is uh, he's from Palestine, but he's from Florida. And the reason why I love this kid so much because he's young, young, green, but funny, like hilarious. Like he has like this weird energy where he's funny. And he asked me to do his Halloween show. I was like, yeah, I'll do anything, man. And I love being around young comedians because they're so eager to explore. They're so eager to not worry about bombing. They're so eager to say anything. This dude named Jared Schwartz, there's like five Jareds in the com. They're all younger. Jared Schwartz and Jared Herman, they're not afraid to ask for stage time and they're not afraid to people to say no in their face. They don't care. Like, all right, I can't get stage time. All right, cool, whatever. What else we doing? All right, I've got to do this. And they're young and hungry. So I get up there to that rooftop and uh, my guy Nick Talele, and I remember when he was inside Governor's Comedy Club and he's like trying to get stage time and I'm telling the waitress, Ange, I was like, yo, throw Nick up. She goes, is he funny? I was like, yeah, he's freaking hilarious. Like, what? I was like, yeah. He won the Long Island Laugh Off and now he's like, they're, he's like, they're, these young comics, he's like, they're Hannibal Barris. They're like, oh, when Nick gets up, everybody's watching and stuff. And then when people realize, like, yeah, I'm freaking, I'm cool with Nick. What, you know Nick Talele? I was like, yeah, man, that's my dog, man. I remember him. And they're like, oh, well, what's your name? I was like, I'm Jared Waters. Oh, freak. Oh, we know, oh, Jared Waters. So it's good. It's dope, like, meeting y'all. These young comedians, I like them because they're hungry, man. And I'm, I'm at this phase of life where I was like, I'm not too big for anything. You know, I think a lot of comics have to forget to re-humble yourself. The best thing about this pandemic, I'm introduced to faces that I probably didn't see because I was too busy on this other platform doing this or doing everything else. So that's the amazing part. Uh, so that was that was my week. Uh, work has been great. Uh, I have two young, uh, young colleagues that I mentor. And sometimes, like, when you're working as a black man with a black woman, you are more sensitive to their needs meaning that i know that black women need to be heard because it's hard assimilating it's hard suppressing how you really feel or anything else and i have to say listen i can teach you how to move i can teach you how to move with a room full of vultures but the question is you have to be willing to move so i'm telling these young ladies i'm like listen whatever you're feeling you have to be like water you have to know what you want out of this what do you want out of this and where are you trying to take it you know, don't get personal because someone might say something offensive that you might find offensive. It's not your goal to school them. It's your goal to educate them on how you feel. You know, because when you're upset, you know, black people, we're emotional people. We speak through emotions. And sometimes it's hard when you're emotional for people to get your point across because when you're emotional, you say things you don't want to say. So, I mean, that was something that we're working on. You know, it's, it's always good being around just super young people. And they keep me young. Like, I forgot, I didn't know. They're teaching me different ways and how to edit, how to everything. I was like, oh, freak, these girls making, these kids know how to make miniature movies. Like, yeah, you should make your movies this. Use this software. So it's dope. Uh, this week, uh, a lot of shows coming up. Uh, I freaking got to listen, but I don't got my phone next to me. But this is the Woody's Roundup, wrapping up the week. 
this is me alone with my own thoughts. This is for my great, 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 great grandkids, for them to understand what they pops was like in 2020 in November, because it's November 1st. Uh, I wish everybody peace and many blessings and many, 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 many blessings. Happy birthday to Mr. Brown, Principal Brown, Leroy Brown. His name ain't Leroy. His name ain't Leroy Brown. Yeah, it is Leroy Brown. Mr. Brown was like the first black educator, black principal I ever had in my life that would sit down and talk to me and tell me, like, you got to be better than what you, you got to be better than what they present you. And uh, that was the dopest thing, man. Shout out to his wonderful kids, Lindea, Lindea's beautiful wife, Linda. And they're, all his kids are, like, grown. Shout out to Lindea. I think I just saw someone stole her uh, stole her emblem off her freaking Mercedes. The freak is going on out here, man. But I know whoever stole it probably got a nice necklace out there. <laughs> but uh, uh, shout out to Mr. Brown. Happy birthday. If you listen to this podcast, happy birthday. If you don't, still happy birthday, man. Uh, peace and many blessings. Uh, D-Double, a.k.a. Garrett McCall, a.k.a. Roland Doja. Take us out with that theme song, ho. Hey, you're live on the podcast. One man, one tree in a hill. Say what up to the people. Now, this is when I see black excellence. It's Kenan Thompson. And I see this giant butt. I'm like, oh, who is that? Turns out it's Questlove. It's Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy. And they're all sitting at the table. And I walk up to Eddie Murphy and I was like, hey, Mr. Murphy, I just want to say you're the goat, man. And you're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.